Welcome to MLB.com Extras. Happy New Year. I am Danny Wexelman with Mark Sheldon, who covers the Reds for MLB.com. Mark, we have officially embarked upon 2019. We're leaving last year in the dust. Happy New Year. How are you doing? What are your resolutions? Uh, happy New Year to you, Danny. Happy New Year to everyone that's listening. Uh, I don't really do a whole lot of resolutions. I, I want to keep it really basic. I just want to be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems like it's. Uh, I'm going to keep it real baseline this year. I like that. That's great. Mine is just to eat more pizza. So um, that's a great on one. I, I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's my resolution every year, actually. <laughs> so you've kept your resolution, is what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm hoping to to keep this one as well. I don't think it'll be too hard for me. Uh, But while we were away, not you per se, but me, while I was away, Mark, the Reds continue to make some uh, heavy splashes right now because they want to compete in the NL Central. They want to be taken seriously, and I don't blame them. It's it's about time, I think. So we we caught the Tanner Roark trade uh, right as the winter meetings were winding down. So we had a chance to talk about that. We obviously know the Reds were looking for two arms. So, of course, then they go and get Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, Alex Wood, Kyle Farmer from the Dodgers for Homer Bailey and two prospects. And these are all guys that we've talked about, um, or at least positions that the Reds could improve upon. So there's a couple different pieces here I want to look at. Let's start with the breakdown of how this trade went down. Well, they apparently been talking about it for a few weeks and Nick Crawl and uh, I think Matt Silverman of the Dodgers were in a lot of you know deep conversations about it. And the for the Reds, the the big uh, link to the trade was to get Alex Wood for the and to get rid of Homer Bailey. And for the Dodgers, it was to get some salary relief by taking on Bailey's contract, even though the Reds owe him twenty eight million. Uh, the mm-hmm. average value of the salary that counts towards the luxury tax is 17. So that for the Dodgers moving those four guys and getting Homer Bailey back, who they promptly released, uh, took care of getting them under that luxury tax threshold. So that was all kind of the, the link to the deal. The Reds also got $7 million in cash from L.A., which right. when you add up, it, it really doesn't raise their payroll a few million dollars, which really, believe it or not, leaves the Reds with much more room to operate. Uh, they can still go out and add another pitcher if they choose, and they're going to keep their eye on center field. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about the outfield, actually. So Yasiel Puig in right, Matt Kemp in left, still a little bit unsure about center field. Is that where you expect those two to be used? And do we think that it's going to be Scott Shebler in center to accommodate Kemp in left? See, that's the really hard part right now because the one name you did forget was Jesse Winker, who, until he had shoulder surgery, was really emerging as a potential rookie of the year candidate. And I don't see him going away. They need to find a place for him to play. Mm-hmm. See Puig being used in center field, possibly, because a great American ballpark, you don't need to be Billy Hamilton to catch balls out there. It's a smaller outfield. I'm not saying it's a perfect situation, but they got away with it a few years ago with Shinsu Chu. So I could see Puig. I could see Shebler. I could also see Nick Senzel uh, getting the opportunity and seeing what he can do. Um, So those are all three viable possibilities. And I don't rule out another move. They might have to free up some of that log jam in the corner outfield and and try to find an actual center fielder. They still have a lot of prospects. The the two of the prospects they sent to L.A. were good prospects in the top 30, but they were not the cream of the crop. So they still have some prospect capital to move, as they like to say. So we'll see what happens. 
That's that's a, a great problem to have now, Mark. I think it's something kind of new for them. They're like, okay, now we've got to play this puzzle piece game, but we still have room to bring someone in if if we can't quite make those pieces fit, which is the, the best case scenario, I think, for them. And then the last part about this deal that I, I like the most is Yasiel Puig returning uh, forces with his hitting coach, Turner Ward, who came from the Dodgers over to the Reds. How big of an impact do you think that could have on Puig, maybe now in a, in a smaller market where maybe he can thrive a little bit more. Well, certainly Ward knows the, uh, the ins and outs of the, the mental makeup of Yasiel Puig probably better than anybody. (laughs) Obviously I keep saying, obviously, I'm sorry, but they, they keep knowing each other over the years. There's been public displays of affection on uh, camera as everyone has seen. And really the end of the day is Ward was brought in here, not just to help Yasiel Puig, but to help the entire Reds hitting, uh, the section, the whole lineup, and uh, and and Puig seemed to have a he credited Turner Ward with kind of re- returning him to the luster that he once had when he first kind of broke into the league. Yeah, it'll be good to see what Puig can do in Great American Ballpark. It's going to be a lot smaller and cozier to hit home runs at, there than it was at Chavez Ravine. So I think it'll be a good marriage to to continue uh, in Cincinnati. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think, are you excited to get to talk to him? I mean, I'm excited to get to talk about him now. I've heard things I've heard good. Honestly, I've heard some not so good. Uh, I'm curious to find yeah. out what he's like in the clubhouse and same with Matt Camp. Uh, we get, we did get to talk to Alex Wood uh, on a conference call a couple of days after the trade. So I'm, yeah, I'm just excited to do, uh, see what happens. The one thing that we does bring that they kind of lost with Billy Hamilton is they, they had, not only is it name recognition, but it's a guy that, you know, if you come to the park on the day that he's, one of the days he's playing, you're likely to see something interesting, whether it's the way his showmanship, whether it's a, a key home run in a tight situation, whether it's a, using that howitzer of an arm to throw somebody out from the warning track. You just don't know what you're going to get from him. And I think for the Reds, even if this is a transition year going from rebuilding into at least more contending type stuff or at least closer to being uh, having a say in the division, they need a guy with maybe some recognizable uh, you know, marketing that they can they can woo fans with. And Kyle Farmer, I mean, he's a name as well. He was a guy, I feel like, who the Dodgers were pretty high on um, and had some high expectations for. He had, I think, kind of some uh, flash-in-the-pan moments for the Dodgers, never quite really reaching his potential or having the chance, I don't think, because there was never really a spot, a permanent spot for him. So maybe having a chance to play more consistently with the Reds? Uh, I don't know. It depends. He's a catcher. And he can, I think he can play some other spots too. Um, they have Kirk Casale as one backup catcher. They could obviously look at him as another option. It, it, I, I have a feeling that I'll maybe figure that out by closer to spring training. I don't know if they'll have more options. Tucker Barnhart, as of now, unless there's a trade, is the everyday catcher who would probably start 140 to plus games. So I, I don't know if Farmer will get a lot of time unless something happened to Barnhart. Yeah, and then Kyle Farmer, Alex Wood uh, went to college together. Um, so there's a lot of really interesting ties, and it kind of, I feel like, maybe breathes a little excitement, not only for the fans, but for the team. Joey Votto, a guy, you know, rookie rookie guy, a veteran guy who has the chance now to maybe, you know, rack up a few more runs, kind of get his team on the board with the confidence now that they, they're bringing in guys, they're taking this seriously. And speaking of him, so Will Leach uh, wrote this resolutions article for every team on MLB.com. You can read it now. 
Uh, for the Reds, he said, let's get the Reds to 800 runs this season for the first time since 2005, obviously with Joey Votto and um, hopefully now with Puig and Matt Kemp and the rest of those guys. I don't know if they'll be able to do that or not. When they were doing that in 05, they had a big thumping offense with Griffey and Dunn and Sean Casey, and they were doing some things. However, now that they maybe if they can get a leadoff hitter that can get on base more, they really have suffered with the run production of late. Billy Hamilton scored when he got on base, but the problem was he didn't score enough, and they didn't have a real uh, steady leadoff hitter the last couple of seasons. So if they can get a leadoff hitter in place, whether it's Jose Peraz or someone else, and guys to be driven in by Joey Votto, Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, Jesse Winker, and company, Scooter Jet, it, it could be possible to score those extra – 100 runs. They had 696 in uh, 2018, right in the middle of the National League, eighth place. So okay. doable. All right, doable. We'll see if Will Leach is right. I like. I liked that article and something that you wrote, uh, Mark. That's on the site right now. Five things that the Reds need to figure out before spring training. It has to do with Scooter Jeanette. He's he's one of those five things we've talked about him a bunch this off season and. It's still in question. It seemed like a, a multi-year extension was was going to be in the cards, and then all of a sudden that kind of got shut down. And there, you know, the red said we're not going to discuss this until after the new year. So, well, it is a day after the new year, so maybe a little soon. But and with all this outfield, this additional outfield, and and guys just moving around, able to play different positions, is Scooter Jeanette kind of being pushed out? I don't know if he's being pushed out, but it's definitely not as optimistic that he's going to get the extension he wanted. Uh, you just, you, you wonder Dick Williams. One thing I did ask him for partially for that story was, did he envision getting a genetic extension done during the winter meetings? And not only did he say no to that, they're going to wait till after the new year, like you said, but he also said they're going to be really careful before they hand out extensions. And I was a little surprised by that. I, I'm not so shocked maybe for the other four guys that are, or five guys that are on that list, but I, I kind of wondered about Jeanette and you know, they have a situation where they've had two really good years. He's a year away from free agency. He is a tradable asset to get what other things they might need. And mm -hmm. Nick Senzel earlier, if he doesn't play center field and let's say they use Puig out there or Shebler, he's eventually going to need a place to play. And second base is probably his best position. And so when he played right. that at Louisville last year before he got hurt. So uh, I would not, say that Jeanette's uh, in danger of getting traded, but at the same time, it doesn't look like he's here to stay for the long term as of yet. We have not heard uh, from either side in quite a while. Hmm. That's that's an interesting one, Mark. I'm a little uh, scratching my head a little bit, but obviously, what do I know? I'm just here to, to tee you up, man. Um, so we'll wait and see. We're waiting on that. But, I mean, man, exciting stuff right now for the Reds, Reds country. I mean – there's a lot of things to be smiling about, and what's really cool is they're not done. Uh, like you said, another arm potentially to, to get to the top of that rotation. Not that Anthony DiScalfani uh, couldn't be the ace, but maybe bring in. There's a bunch of guys who are still out on that free agent market. Um, so yeah, totally. that's exciting, Mark. Well, Gio Gonzalez and Derek Holland and Wade Miley and of course, Dallas Keuchel, the, the the biggest arm prize out there at the moment. Yeah. Definitely some possibilities for the Reds if they want to spend the dough or if they want to make another trade. Luis Castillo and Di Scalfani are two guys that are probably going to be in the rotation. Now let's see if there's a third guy to join them with Roark and uh, Alex Wood. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm, I'm into this, Mark. I'm, I'm ready finally. This feels like, you know, that's right. The Reds got the party started, I think. Uh, yeah. they, they've. They've made some some big moves, and it's they're spicing up the NL Central too, man. We talk about the Cubs and the Cardinals and the Pirates. 
um, and the Brewers, but but now you got to talk about the Reds too. I think that they're gonna they're gonna make some waves. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about them. And luckily for everybody, podcasts are back in action 2019. Um, so don't get sick of us. Keep hanging in with us um, and let us know maybe if you're listening still what you want us to talk about. Uh, we're always open to ideas. But Mark, I mean, way to kick off the new year with you, man. It's always good to talk to you, Danny, and happy new year. And uh, let's do it again next week. All right. If you need to catch up on what the Reds have done because you just listened to this whole podcast and we're like, I had no idea, then please um, uncover your eyes, go to MLB.com, read all of Mark's stuff. Um, and we will be back next week with Mark Sheldon. I'm Danny Wexelman. Happy New Year. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. <laughs>